Hey everyone, what's going on? This is Parsha with The Author's Leverage, and I'm so excited to be talking to an author who right now is making a difference. And when you hear our conversation today, you're going to get that sentiment. This is an author who really cares about what he's doing and really, really wants to make an impact. So we're going to talk about his journey, uh, talk about his book and some of the ways he's been leveraging this book in his business. So I'm excited for you to meet him soon. Uh, let's get the show started. Tuning into The Author's Leverage, a podcast where you learn how to turn your book into a powerful platform for sharing your expertise and making an impact. I'm your host, Parshel Tashi, and I'm here to bring you the latest strategies, insights, and stories from some of the best book publishing and marketing experts in the world. So whether you're an aspiring author or a seasoned pro, this podcast is your go-to source for tips, tools, and techniques to help you leverage your book and amplify its reach. Welcome in, and let me introduce you to today's guest. All right, so joining me is Dre Evans. Dre is a veteran naval officer, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker who's passionate about self-development and helping others achieve wealth through investing in real estate. He's a Wall Street Journal and number one international best-selling author, and I'm so excited that he is joining us today. So welcome, welcome to the Author's Leverage, Dre. Thanks What's for being here. What's going on? What's going on? How you doing? Great, great. And, you know, we, we're both in San Diego, too, which is uh, amazing. So I know we are uh, excited for some better weather on the way. Right. I got that that spring tick in my my time clock. So I didn't sprung forward <laughs> into the day <laughs> <laughs> as well. But all that means is there's more sun coming out. So uh, excited for that. I know. Yeah, I was driving around today. I'm like, man, yesterday actually was that we, we did the hour. We lost that hour. But yesterday was the first sunny day. Surprising how that works, right? And then today is a sunny day, so hopefully we we lost the rain. Exactly, exactly, because it never rains in Southern California. It was not supposed yeah. to, even though it has been. Anyway, so I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit better on the show as well. So one of the first questions I want to present is talk a little bit about your your background. So I know that you had um, you know an experience growing up where you know you've you've been able to share this this story about coming from a gang. Uh, a gang life, so to speak, and and transitioning to something different for yourself. So um, I would love for you to share in that way too. give our, our listeners a feel about who you are, where you come from. What made you decide to leave this this gang life behind and, and join the military, actually, because I know that's a big part of your journey as well. You know, was it like a sudden realization or more of a gradual process that you saw that, you know, this is another future for me? It was a combination of both. I was standing on the corner with one of my best friends named Boogie, and you saw the car go around the car twice. And when you see it, you're like, you get that your that that other six, and you starts beating your heartbeat. And you're like, something's about to go down. And that car came around that third time. The window rolled down. I saw the hoods. I saw the barrel of the gun, and the shots rang out. And me and my buddy were ducking and weaving in this parking lot trying to avoid the bullets. And I remember once the car sped off, I'm just screaming, Boogie, Boogie, where you at? I'm screaming his name. It's silence, like no no response. And I remember checking under the car and I'm looking, I'm looking and I see these feet. And I approach the car and I'm thinking, my heart stops like, oh my God, Boogie got shot. And when I finally reached the car, Boogie's leaning against it with his back and he's in tears, he's crying. But I look, I'm checking him out, and I'm seeing there's no bullet holes. And I'm like, why are you crying? He's, he was saying that just a few days prior, his family, his mother knew about his gang involvement, 
and they wanted him to escape as well. Mm. And that was the, the the pivotal moment. It was a process, though. I joined the gang when I was 12 years old, really just f- searching for that that identity as a male. Um, it's also easy to do those things coming out of South Side Chicago because that's what you see. You it is it is true that it's you know you can become a product of your environment. And I had done a lot of things to initiate as well as during my time that I wasn't proud of. And it came to a point where a man that I considered my enemy at the time told me about a school called What's Point in the Naval Academy. And from there, I went to the Naval Academy for about a week, my first time out of Chicago where I felt safe. And when I got back a few days later, that's when the drive-by happened. And that was like the wake-up call on my head to say, I've got an opportunity of a lifetime. It's time to walk away. Wow. Wow. That exactly like the opportunity of a lifetime that just opened before you to, to go through. And I know that that experience, you know, uh, being in the military does a lot also, you know, after that transition is happening, you're, you know, in this, in a new life. Right. So how did those experiences in the military then kind of shape your perspective on life, right? Leadership, service to other people. I mean, I know these are big things for you. Like how, how has that, that life and that, that experience of being in the military shaped those perspectives for you? I think it enhanced the good parts of the streets, that hustle, that grit, that dog, that wolf in you. Mm. All it did was allow me to tame the parts that were bad, that negative hood mentality and keep what was good. And I was able to combine that being a naval officer and be a little bit more rugged, a little bit more around the edges, uh, a little bit more cutthroat with my leadership. Mm-hmm. But I think that it served well because in your ability to inspire people is a lot more immediate and a lot more forceful. Uh, I think it's a lot more impactful because you can share stories. Some of those, some of the sailors that you interact with do come from those rough backgrounds. So there's an immediate connection, immediate understanding. And even the ones that don't, it's the ability to, I think in the, the day, everyone respects resilience and they respect hardship. Mm. And sometimes you can just feel it in a person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can feel it in their demeanor. You can, you can see it in their eyes. You can hear it in the tonality of their voice. And I do believe that I was at the Naval Academy and just being in the military helped harden that and to use that to lead people and help people. Man. That's really powerful. Like I hear you just saying that like the coming from the South Side Chicago actually enabled to enhance those lessons, right? Because we never forget that stuff. I think it just takes on a different form in a way and something that's more directed, more focused like a laser. Yeah, it it, it does. It, it really, really does. And, I, and I'm, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to have gone to the Naval Academy. Like I, I don't know what... Mm. I would be doing if I didn't, probably wow. dead or in jail. And you've accomplished like so much too. Like when I um, hear about you, it's my seat. I'm just like, this dude is impressive. Like you've accomplished a lot. So from graduating to the Naval Academy, becoming a best-selling author, entrepreneur, like what motivates you to keep pushing forward, right? Even in the face of obstacles and setbacks and when stuff doesn't go our way, right? How do you keep going forward? I would say two things. The first thing is just my mother being my why. She just has, you know, some, you know, that person that, mm. you know, if you watch a movie and for me, I'll just, I'll reference Creed. I love that movie. It, it's the, they just came out with Creed three and yeah. 
you know you have those move those moments in the movie where he, his mom's like get up d or they they have or something that you see his, his see bianca or you see him hold his daughter and that just makes you think about your family and you make you think about man are they proud if I get them my all, and that always tears me up because I'm just very passionate about that. And my mother, she she sacrificed a lot. I think that's why those type of movies about resiliency and hardship really resonate with me. And I always tear up about those because it makes me think about all the sacrifices that my mother raised, raising three African-American triplets on the south side of Chicago and the sacrifice that she made. And I always just want to pay it back. I always just want to pay it forward for her. I think the other thing, too, is that you know, when you grow up at a young age and every time you turn on the news, you're hearing about people your age being shot and killed or when you're actually seeing it happen in front of you hmm. and, and, your, and your family members and your friends being killed, you really value life at a young age. It, it really takes a toll on your, on your mental oh. and it makes you realize that life is short. And so I think for me is... I've always just lived my life and my drum beat has always just to be when I lay on my deathbed, whenever that time may come, I just want to be able to think back and reflect back on life and say, I made the most of it. It kills me. It pains me to be able to think back and regret. Cause the biggest dictionary, the biggest word in dictionary is if hmm. this, you know, this thing, everyone makes mistakes, right? We all have opportunities that come and go. But there are a lot of opportunities that only once you get a chance to accomplish and do. Mm-hmm. You don't always get to go back and, and have a redo and a restart. And I, I just know so many people personally in my life that between my uncles who are drug addicts or people that are that have killed people or whatever else it may be that they regret. Mm-hmm. And I see the pain in their eyes and in their voices and in their life. Mm-hmm. And you can't go back and do that. And so when you experience that so much growing up, it really sticks with you. And I, I'm just, I always think me, my greatest fear is looking back on life and, and regret. Like, man, I didn't, I didn't make the most of the gifts that God put in me. I didn't make the most of helping this one kid or helping these group of kids. Or if there's something I feel like I'm called to do, I didn't do it because in the, the day I, I truly believe that yes, have fun, live life, live it to the fullest, live life on the edge, do all that, live your best life, but live wild and free. But, the purpose of us is to help people, to use our gifts, to use our talents, to use our positions, to give back people and pay for it. And that's all I want to do. I just, it eats me up inside to think that if I did not do that. Yeah, I hear you. It's like having that motivation of, like you said, your mom being your why, and then, you know, knowing that there's bigger possibilities, right? There's there's more that we can attain and, and being a part of giving back is such, you know, it's so connected to our own purpose, you know what I mean? So. I mean, I hear that loud and clear. And you you actually have done a lot in your book to actually sort of challenge the stigma that surrounds the word gang, because what you're also presenting are life lessons here. <laughs> like, it's not like, uh, you know, because you came from this scenario, you can't offer a new, fresh perspective on what it means to live a fulfilling life, right? So when we talk about your book, I know you've put a lot of your story um, into the book. So I encourage people who are checking this out, like, please, like, you have to... Um, hear Dre's story. Um, but what message is that you want for readers to take away from, you know, from your story altogether? And how do you see it even impacting, you know, the conversation around gang violence and, you know, youth culture right now, um, you know, in different urban areas? 
quite a few things actually. So in a world that's very interconnected with social media and uh, knowledge, it's so easy to get wrapped up in things. I think that's why we're seeing a tick in anxiety and depression and suicide and people not knowing themselves, who they really are, who am I? Mm. And so the question to who am I lies in joining as many gangs as you can in life. And gangs is just another word for tribe, group, mentorship, club, organization, the, the military, NBA teams, NFL teams, the Republicans, Democrats, colleges, fraternities, sororities, they're all gangs, whether we want to admit it or not. The only difference is U.S. gangs just get a bad rep because it's usually associated with a lot of violence. But there's gangs in third world countries that are looked on positive. They take care of the community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They protect them. They 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 look out for the kids. They they tutor. They provide outreach. So it, it's all how, how you define it. It's, it's, it's just it gets a negative stigma. And so I would say that for people out there who are going through those traumas, those anxieties, those phobias, you and you're trying to discover who you are in this crazy, noisy world of TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. The key to learning yourself is join as many groups, join as many games, join as many organizations as you can. And here's why. When you join them, you meet mentors, you meet people you look up to, you'll meet role models, people that are older than you that you look up to. You'll meet people that you don't like leadership wise and you learn from that it's the same thing in the military same thing in business they're going to be leaders that suck and they're going to be leaders that are great that they light your they light you on fire like you want to run around the room and do a lap when they speak or the way they carry themselves or the way they walk or the way they dress you get all that from joining all these different groups and then there's the accountability that comes from that when you meet other people there's the friendships that you build from that so the good from it the bad from it the relationships the mentors they all shape who you are and some gangs, some groups, some tribes are temporary and some are from a lifetime. Mm. Some you learn lessons from and you move forward and you go to the next. And obviously some that carry you through to, to death, but ultimately they all shape who you are. And that's essentially, that's one of the points I'm arguing. It's also that at some point there is no excuse. Mm. Either you do everything it takes to make it happen or you don't. Right. So we all have dreams and goals that we want to accomplish in life, but how far are you willing to take that? Did you really do everything you could to accomplish that? And then one of the examples of many examples in the book is even when I was studying in Annapolis, you got all these things going on at home in Chicago with death and the violence, adjusting, acclimating to this Ivy League institution, this military college. You've got all the rigors that you got to go through there and you're running on two to three hours of sleep every night mm. on top of study engineering. And so I used to post my affirmations around me and say those out loud, just put them in my car. I used to put them in my pocket. I used to take my notes. I have my note folded up in my pocket. And everywhere I walked around, I would, anytime I had even a minute or two minutes, I would take it out and that's how I would study. And if I was tired, I would stand up, tape my notes to the wall and study that way. And I remember people would come in the room and be like, what? the hell are you doing but in my mind is i had to do whatever i could to to make it i used to also i was a big believer in creating my own world Mm -hmm. to always sit to remember what was in front of me so we had a court board and i I would put all the pictures of chicago my mom the bulls 
Chicago White Sox, the Bears, anything that reminded me of Chicago, I put it there. And then I would even have like uh, a hat. I would put a Chicago hat on my head as well. And it just made me feel like I was home. It always made me feel like I remembered the struggle. So that when I was running on that low motivation and I was running on fumes, I'm like, man, I don't really feel like doing this. And I, I felt like I was in it. And now those are some of the things I want people to remember to take away from. So set that reality. If you want to go buy a property, print it out and circle it and put a date. I will acquire this property by this date. And you put that in front of you. If you have goals that you want to do, tape it to take to write it on a sticky note, write it on a note card, put it in your car. Right. And so every time you get in your car, you should say that to yourself. Or every time you get in your car, you're reading it. Mm -hmm. And those are those little tricks that you can do to truly take your life to the next level and overcome and accomplish your goals. And this is huge, man. I mean, this this applies to, you know, what I'm hearing you say, like it applies to, you know, definitely us as adults, you know, who are, you know, wanting to achieve and wanting to accomplish things in life. But also what you've broken down is like really good advice, even for a young person who's struggling to find their place in the world. Right. You know, they can especially if they're tempted to go to these other places for a sense of belonging, right? You've, you've given some other, you know, ways that they can achieve that and, you know, and make it right. And create their life for themselves. Right. And be able to now direct that passion, that energy, right. Into a certain direction. Yeah. Like that's, that's powerful. It's really, really powerful. So what I want to do now is, uh, switch gears a little bit and put a, put on a different hat in this conversation uh, to talk about the authorpreneur, right? This, uh, this concept of, right, you're an author and you're an entrepreneur and you're leveraging a book in different ways. And so um, I know that you've mentioned, and I, I would love for you to share um, your books, right? So that we know um, what you have out there and then you know, how these have sort of impacted you and your world as an entrepreneur. Yeah, so the first book was That's My Property, and that was the Amazon bestseller. I found a need when I started my business buying apartment real estate in specifically San Diego. I had so many questions being thrown at me. I, I own one of the biggest meetups here in San Diego as well with over nine sponsorships. And so everyone would come there with questions, excitement. The podcast, people will come with questions and excitement and just the, the connections, right? Instagram. LinkedIn, email, messaging, people just sending you all these questions. Something was like, man, I need to I need to give something to people that is very detailed and adds a lot of value. And so I wrote That's My Property. And essentially, I divided it up into three parts. The first part is all the ends and weeds of what I went through to buy my first apartment building, which is the a, a four unit in Pacific Beach. And I thought that was very critical because I, I when I learned and when I got started in real estate, I read all the books. I listened to all the podcasts. I did my YouTube education. But one thing I found missing was that nobody was really raw about what they really, really went through when they did their first deal. You know, people talk about it, but it's like, oh, yeah, when I did my first deal, this is how much I bought it for. This is how many units it was. Mm -hmm. So we did the financing. I was an escrow for this long. Moving on. And, and then they're like, oh, today I have this amount of units or I have this amount of revenue or whatever, or I'm financially free. But no one really talks about the weeds. And I thought that was important because I know a lot of people, for me, I've always felt like the underdog in my life. Even today, I still do. I always feel like I'm, I'm climbing. And I just think that just comes from where, where I come from, from Chicago. And 
I wanted people to be able to really get a sense of what I went through in a very detailed and intimate way. So that was part one. Part two is everything you need to know about multifamily education from the key terms to even the examples are very, I explain concepts that are typically complicated and break them down that are easy to understand and digest, even the examples. Um, so that's all part two, everything you need to know about multifamily, which is just another word for apartment building education. And then in part three is a very detailed glossary, uh, key terms from A to Z in the back of the book. That was also critical to me because again, I've read a lot of other real estate books and some of them will have the key terms of that glossary in the back, but it'll be very basic. It wouldn't really necessarily have every single thing that you would need. And so really I wanted to provide a resource and the book is laid out that each chapter can stand on its own. So you can go to a chapter and say, oh, I wanna learn about this. One of the chapters is over 20 ways on how to fund your next real estate deal. And I know that alone got a lot of um, attention and people love that chapter. Why? Because people want to know how many unique ways can I fund a real estate deal? And there are a lot of ways that you can that people really don't realize that they actually have. And so that's another reason was, like, okay, if whatever you want to learn about, go to the table of contents, find that chapter. And you can read that. So it's be a resource for you. So that was the first one. The second one was prove them wrong, which, as you know, we just talked about that became the Wall Street Journal, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, yeah. international bestseller. And then the third one was the real estate comic book. You know, everyone that really gets started in real estate, they talk about rich dad, poor dad. And so essentially, you know, I woke up and God put something on my spirit, like find another way to reach the, the little person, find another way to reach people that can make real estate fun. Because again, it's always so, what if you don't read? Mm -hmm. What if you don't like audio? What if you're a visual person? I'm a visual person. I, I, my background is art as well. I love art. So how can I find a unique way, especially with everyone loving these DC and Marvel movies, the Avengers, Black yes. Panther? How can I give back? And so something was like, create the rich dad, poor dad, but in DC and Marvel comic style of how to buy a large apartment complex. And so the story starts with this kid named Michael and his superhero name is The Upriser. It takes place in a city called Enterprise City, and his mother is in financial ruin. The main villain is Capital Skull. His overall objective is to free his mother from financial poverty and free Enterprise City. It's placed under siege by Capital Skull and all his villains, all, all the you know all the other um, people under his command. And so along the way, the Upriser is this college student, Michael, who meets Professor Brainwave and Ember, who's the love of his life, and all these other superheroes that become a part of his team and they form the League of Wealth. Hmm. And essentially, as Michael defeats each villain, he learns a key lesson about buying a large apartment building and how to manage it successfully. And each one has a different name, like Rent Killer, uh, Sinister You, they all, Maintenance Mutant, they all represent those, even the names themselves represent a unique challenge uh, that you will face. So the all overall objective is by the end of the comic book, Anyone, should, a kid or even a, a, a good adult should be able to pick it up and say, okay, I know the mindset and the process of what it takes to buy an apartment building and manage it successfully. Man, that now that the comic book one, I, you know, I've heard about it, you know, just in general, I think you first told me about it before it was released. And now to actually hear what's like the storyline I'm blown away. That is incredible. <laughs> that is yes. incredible. Just to connect it in a way. And it's perfect, perfect for this younger audience. Mm -hmm. 
Damn, that is that is really, really good. And and I'm curious too when it comes to because you said you've mentioned Wall Street Journal bestseller, Amazon bestseller, right? You have a lot of different pieces here that you know you're able to leverage in different ways. So, you know, how have you been doing that? Has this been, you know, a a, a stepping stone to more speaking engagements? Has this been, you know, more visibility for you and bringing attention to your business? Like how, how have you, you know, in, enabled the the books to play a piece in your overall ecosystem as a business owner? Yeah. It's for speaking engagements, consulting, also outreach, really that's the, the, it comes down to that. I'm a big believer in giving back to people and helping people expecting nothing in return. And, a lot of that comes with that. I give out a lot of books for free as well. Uh, I'd rather do that than mm -hmm. try to say, hey, buy my book. So I'm very quick to do that when I meet people that want to learn and they ask me questions. I'm like, here's the book. Just take it. I don't, you don't have to go on Amazon. You don't have to do, you don't have to buy it. It's in the bookstores too. I've had, I, I've had people approach me all the time at the gas station. I had a guy in the gym approach me the other day and was like, hey, are you Dre Evans? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I saw your book in Barnes and Noble. It's very humbling and it's like it, you get that and it makes me feel good. But again, you just. I I had people that have looked out for me. And taken risk on me. And so because of that, that's another reason why I I rather just give it out, pay mm. it forward. So mm. it's, it's helped the business in many different ways from, like I said, the speaking and the consulting is giving me ideas to write more books that I'm working on projects that I'm working on now um, to include the guided journal for prove them wrong. That'll be released in two weeks. So uh, for the listeners out there, definitely stay tuned into that. If you want something that's really going to make you overcome your fears and your traumas and take life on your own terms and prove people wrong in every aspect of your life. Um, that's coming out in two weeks. Um, that'd be very impactful, very interactive workbook and guided journal. And um and just point also give using that money from the from the business to give back to organizations. You know, I haven't been I told you before on the call, I haven't been able to go into the schools as much like I used to. Mm -hmm. But the way around that for now, until I get until the time is able to be freed up to do that, using that money from the profits of the books to give back to organizations. A hundred percent. 100%. I love that. And for those tuning in, I told you Dre is a giver. Um, you can just tell just in the way that he moves, just how much he really is invested in, you know, the good for other people and, and sharing that. So I acknowledge that and appreciate that in you. And um, and also, too, as we're starting to wrap up the conversation, um, Dre, I want to thank you again, acknowledge you and what you've done um, to really make a difference, you know, and to allow that to be you know, a place that you come from in purpose and, you know, really want to support other people. So um, as we wrap it up, I would love for you to share any last parting words of advice um, where folks can contact you. And then I have a quick bonus question and then we'll pop off from there. Yes. Um, I'm Dr. Multifamily on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. So that's at DR and then the word multifamily. Or if you just type in Dre Evans, I'll come up uh, on Google as well. Dre Evans on Amazon. Um, I'll come right up. You'll see all the books in there. Good reads. Um, and my website is drmultifamily.com. And the book website is provethemwrongthebook.com. So that I'll have all my graphics, all the free resources and bonus content for people is on provethemwrongthebook.com. Speaker media sheets, logos, uh, the Prove Them Wrong quiz, free resources and interactive exercises all on the website as well.
Beautiful. And the guided journal ones, once that comes out, um, you guys will be able to also see those uh, on those links as well. That's beautiful. Right. Beautiful. All right. So my last bonus question for you then is what is your one word? There's one word from Dre Evans to the world. What is that one word message? Discipline. Mm. There are two types of pain, the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. Which will you choose? Discipline is no matter what your profession, trying to go to the NBA, you're in the military trying to make rank, trying to start a business, being an author, no matter what you do, discipline is always required, no matter how gifted you are. And it's certainly if you're not gifted, discipline. Everybody needs discipline to accomplish their dreams. 100%. Well said, man. And thank you again for being here. Uh, so I appreciate you and, and the wisdom that you shared today. Thank you. Yes. And as we wrap up, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Um, this is, I love doing this, having these conversations with uh, with authors and publishers. And I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you found today's episode helpful, inspiring. Uh, don't forget, I want you to grab a copy of Get More Bang for Your Book. It's packed with even, even more tips and strategies that are going to empower you to draw on your expertise and en enhance the influence of your written work. And as always, if you want to stay on top of the latest trends in book publishing and marketing, be sure to subscribe to the show and share it along with a friend. So until, until next time, uh, keep spreading your message and remember the power of your words. All right. Can't wait to share more with you next time. We'll see you then. There you go.